What's your favorite scary movie? If you answered Scream, then you're gonna live one more week because today it's gonna be a Scream, baby. That's right, we're talking the Scream franchise overall, part six, predictions for part seven, and so much more. And joining us today, none other than Creepy Betty herself, Marissa. Hi. <laughs> and for the first time ever on Horror 365, we have my mini man, Swift Knox. What's going on, Swift? What's up? What's up? Woo! <laughs> what's up? Hey, what's up? <laughs> Come on, man. We're talking Scream. I'm excited about this one because there's so much to get into here. Um, and this franchise has affected not only the horror industry, but the entire world. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, but before we get into it right now, for those that don't know, if you're living under a rock, I am your host, the mouthpiece of the Northeast, Jimmy J. And this is Horror 365. You are in the right location. Click that subscribe button, bang, and become a horror head. And I want to give a special shout out right now to a couple of our partners. Uh, our first partner, Roto Hawks, okay, Matt and Ruby. They are just incredible prop designers. So if you're looking for a hawk, you got to shop Roto Hawks. Hawks, props, they got you covered. Check them out, rotohawks.bigcartel.com. That is the website. You can check out all their gear on there. Oh, no, excuse me, rotohawkcustom.bigcartel.com. And, of course, our other, our newest partner. Can you feel it? You guys feel that? You feel the beat? It's the heartbeat, baby. That's right. Heartbeat Life, our official CBD partner right here they got gummies they got brownies they got whatever you need vapes oils lotions they got you covered delta nine and they're gonna be having some more products coming your way uh and maybe even a special horror 365 cbd gummy i don't know it'll get you killing and chilling in no time come on baby that's right <laughs> check them out heartbeatlife.com and with that being said we're gonna get right into it right now scream oh man let me ask you guys both i guess we'll start ladies first marissa where were you in 1996? I was five years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you were screaming all around the house. Yeah, I was screaming. <laughs> but yeah, I was five when Scream, the first one came out. So I didn't watch it until like a little bit later, probably like early 2000s. What was your first impression of the movie? I fell in love with it. It it became, I was just upset. After watching Scream, that's when my obsession with the slasher subgenre began. And um, I just thought it was genius, you know? Like, I love how Scream is, like, a kind of like a parody of, like, horror movies. Like, they're poking fun at horror movies while simultaneously being a horror movie. I just, like, thought that was genius. And, um... Definitely props to uh, Kevin Williamson for writing the script that way. And obviously Wes Craven, you know, those two together, like they made like Chef's Kiss the best, I think like the best horror movie. And it, you know, revolutionized the uh, horror genre in my yeah, opinion. I, I agree with that. Swift, where were you? <laughs> well, I definitely wasn't five years old. <laughs> I'm a youngin. I'm a youngin. <laughs> yeah. Well, 1996. I was boxing amateur, playing football, and in high school. And I saw Scream. I remember seeing the advertisement. And at that time, 
horror movies or the slasher genre, it had really fallen off. It wasn't too popular anymore. And I remember seeing the advertisement for Scream, and I didn't even go to watch it. And then somehow I got a studio copy of the movie, and I watched it, and I just started singing its praises to everybody that I knew. Oh, you got to go see this movie Scream. This movie Scream is it's different. It's bringing slashers back. You got to watch it. You got to watch it. This is a cultural phenomenon. Trust me. Trust me. And I believe I was the, I was right. So. Okay. Yeah. You know what, man? I got to tell you, both of you, both of you are on the money with this because Scream did change the game, revolutionized uh, horror movies. And it was a time where things were not looking up for the genre overall. I mean, I said this so many times. Freddie was dead. Jason went to hell. Michael was cursed. <laughs> What's going on? Like, what do we have? And and then we finally got this right here. Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson, this masterpiece. Uh, it was, like you said, a movie inside of a movie. But I think it was so unique that in the beginning, you know, everybody thought Drew Barrymore was going to be the star of this film. And she died in the opening sequence. And that opening sequence, to this day, cannot be touched. I think it is the greatest yeah. opening sequence in any horror movie. Uh, this is a time... You know, we're talking 90s. We're talking prank calls. You remember Jerky Boys and all that? And and it was it was big in the 90s right now. And now think about this. You know, phones then, okay, right? You get a call. Somebody's pranking you. What if you had that call and it was Ghostface on the other line? You know what I'm saying? Saying what he was saying. You know, and you're home alone. Think about that. Depending where you're living. I mean, in the city, it's different. But if you're in like a more rural area, you're going to be terrified. I mean, that's just terrifying thinking about it. The fact that somebody's saying, hey, I'm watching you right now. I know what you're doing. You know, and they're playing mind games with you. It was, it was very psychological, and it was very believable. And that's why I think a lot of people, when they've seen this movie, when they've seen 1996 Scream, it, it changed everything because people were like, wow, you know, this is real. This can happen. And to your point, you know, Marissa, Kevin Williamson, rightness, um, he had – gotten his inspiration off of uh, true events that happened. And um, I know, Swift, you were talking to me about like some of this as well. And there's an article here, guys. Um, I just want to touch on real quick before we dive into, you know, the rest of the franchise. But mm -hmm. the Gainesville Ripper, all right? And this is going back. I'm going to read this actually. Try not to read it verbatim, but I'm going to read it on, on Wikipedia so you get an idea. Daniel Rowling was his name. Rowling, Rowling, whatever, what are you going to call him? Uh, he was serial killer, killed five students in Gainesville, Florida, um, over four days in August 1990. And this is, I'm just going to read, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read a portion of this killing just to uh, see how sadistic this guy was. So August 1990, uh, Rowling murdered five students, one student from Santa Fe College, four from the University of Florida. During a burglary and robbery spree in Gainesville, Florida. He mutilated his victims' bodies, decapitating one. He then posed them, sometimes using mirrors. In the early morning hours, it says here, Friday, August 24th, Rollin broke into an apartment shared by 17-year-old university freshman Sonja Larson and Christina Powell. Finding Powell asleep on the downstairs couch, he stood over her briefly but did not wake her up, choosing instead to explore the upstairs bedroom where Larson was also sleeping. Roland murdered Larson, first taping her mouth shut to stifle her screams and then stabbing her to death with a K-bar knife. She died trying to fend, uh, fight, fight her way, you know, out of that situation. Uh, Roland went back downstairs, taped Powell's mouth shut, uh, bound her wrists together 
behind her back and threatened her with a knife as he cut her clothes off. Uh, he then raped her and forced her uh, down, face down, onto the floor where he stabbed her five times in the back. Uh, Roland posed with the bodies in sexually provoking positions. This guy is insane. Um, Damn. He then, and this, this, you know, this, this goes to show you, listen to this last line here. He took a shower before leaving the apartment. This guy committed murder. He's like, well, I'm just going to go take a shower. This guy is sick. Like, I mean, and then, and then a day later, on Saturday, August 25th, Roland broke into an apartment of 18-year-old Krista Hoyt, prying open uh, sliding glass doors with a screwdriver. Finding she was not home, he waited in her living room for her to return. At 11 a.m., Hoyt entered the apartment, and Roland surprised her from behind, placing her in a chokehold. After she had been subdued, he used duct tape to gag her mouth and bind her wrist together behind her back, uh, led her into the bedroom, take their you know, took her clothes off, raped her, same kind of procedure. Um, he then had her face down, stabbed her in the back, rupturing her aorta. Uh, he flipped her body over and sliced her abdomen open from her pelvic bone to her breastbone. Um, this guy is insane. It's a piece of work, man. Yeah, oh. man. This guy. Um, Morbid, man. Yeah, it is just like reading some of this, and I'm not even going to get into the rest of it. Just the way he was killing this and, you know, killing these people. And then when he went to trial, this guy was like happy about it. he he His motive was because he wanted to become a superstar serial killer like Ted Bundy. That was his motive. Yeah, and yeah. Kevin Williamson got this idea for, for Scream from this. Um, yeah. He was convicted of, you know, killing those five students. But during the during the case, he admitted to kill. So he confessed to killing three more people. In a triple homicide in Shreveport, Louisiana, and he also said he uh, attempted to kill his dad. This dude was a real piece of work, man. He was uh, he was something else. Yeah, no, and he's you're right proud of it too. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, he was proud. Yeah, and then uh, well, he died ultimately. He was executed by lethal injection in 06, uh, which honestly, man, I think that was too easy for him. I think he should have did say should have tortured him over a series of days. Uh, yeah, and, yeah really, what he did like was it, it's sick and there are people like this in the world there are sick individuals in the world and um hearing like you're seeing scream now seeing the movie and i guess you could say it was based on true events if you will or just you know inspired inspired, inspired by, yeah well, not based on it inspired by true events uh but you know after this obviously we'll get to that later on but after this also there was also other you know events with people trying to reenact the film it getting very dark here but I, just, <laughs> I wanted to get, I want to have people out there that didn't know, uh, have an understanding where Kevin Williamson got his inspiration from. Uh, and here it is, uh, Scream, which uh, honestly was toned down compared to what I just read here. Um, oh, this yeah. Stars, you know, Nev Campbell uh, in the film and uh, David Arquette, Courtney Cox. Now, when I first seen this movie, uh, I had to watch it twice. Yeah, you know, I seen it when I, I was young, you know, 96, I was younger, but I watched it again and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it because of the prank call situation, because of the twist, because not knowing that game of guess who the killer is. I love that. I love that concept. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, my favorite part of Scream is like the whodunit concepts because I love like, I love watching these movies, like going into it, not knowing who the killer is going to be and then trying to figure out who it is like that's the whole fun of it yeah 100 percent. what about you swift yeah man it was it, it it was very different you know it was very different and what messed me up 
was not only was it one killer, but it was two killers. So if you guess one, you were still not all the way on the money, you know? So it, it was, it was cool. And then with the humor mixed in and it felt like a slasher, it felt like a Jalo film. It felt like a nineties comedy, you know, it, it, it was, it, it was really, it was really good. It was a good one. What character could you relate to the most? So let's start Marissa. What, what character could you relate to and, and scream the most? Oh man. Um, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, I think I'm a mix of Tatum and Sydney. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sydney, uh, because you know, I could, I think I'm a, mi a mix of both. I can be like reserved, like Sydney, um, but like kind of like a party girl, like outgoing also like Tatum, but like both are badass in their own way. Like obviously Sydney is, I think like one of the greatest final girls of all time. Yeah. Like she is so badass and that's what I love about her. You know, I, I can honestly see as uh, Tatum again, like that one line I can see, I can hear you saying it like, boom, bitch goes down. Swift, what about you, man? Who could you relate to in uh in Scream? Randy, the one and only. Oh yeah, dude, you know what? I I thought <laughs> I got you because yeah, the movie guy. I mean, explain. Go, go ahead, take the floor. He just felt so much like me when I watched the movie. He uh he was a stickler for horror movie tropes. He was a stickler for the rules, the so-called rules of a horror film and how to survive and who gets killed. And that, that just felt like me. That was like right, right up my alley. So I, I really connected with him. You know, it's funny because I could, I could definitely see both of you relating to those characters, 100%. Um, <laughs> the, the ending of Scream... Uh, was another again. You, we saw, we talked about the opening sequence that it was just one of a kind. I think the ending too was another one of those one of a kind conclusions. Um, I think the character was crazy at the time, like insane. Yeah. You know, because like you never would have guessed that it would have been either Billy or Stu, and then it's like both. You know, that's that's I, true. And I, I, thought... I didn't guess that it was them, but maybe I'm like oblivious. I don't know. <laughs> I thought Billy was dead, you know, that was it in the room. And then it was, oh, it's corn syrup. And then we find out, you know, he's, he's still alive. But I think Stu, that's the guy I can relate to. And just because of the comedy aspect and just, man, his, he had me rolling, even though it's supposed to be serious, but at the end of the film, yeah. just the lines he had and the way he delivered them was so natural. Matthew oh, yeah. Just Funny. an incredible actor. You know, let's face it, Sid, she's no Sharon Stone. You know, you know the way no Sharon Stone. This <laughs> is called delivery, man. And and uh when he got stabbed and it was uh I, I really love Stu in that in that film and, and the conclusion of it, obviously, you know, Billy is dead, Stu is quote unquote dead, and uh, you know, uh, we find Sydney coming out on top with the help of Courtney Cox and David Arquette. Uh, but yeah. again, the ending, the ending of that film was just, I think when the movie concluded and I watched it the second time, I was like, that's when I was like, wow, this is, this is something different. I love it. You know? And at that age, I really didn't understand how great it was until I got older, you know? Yeah. And, and then Scream 2 came out, I think a year later, which obviously wasn't better than one, but it still was a damn good movie in itself. And then, you know, the ending and the motive with Billy Loomis. No. 
into two. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that again. Opening scene. Go ahead. It was just so. I love how like each opening scene for Scream is so unique. You know, like they they do something different each time. And um, what I like about two two's opening is like there wasn't even a phone call in it. Like it just took place in like a movie theater, and he literally just like butchers like two students in the movie theater. It like, was crazy. Like you were saying too, it was a movie inside of a movie. It was Stab. Yeah. You don't see the the Stab movie, which was based on the first Scream movie, and now they become part of the new killing spree going on um, in the theater. What do you, what you think of that Swift? That, that those kills in the beginning. I liked them. At that point, I think Jada Pinkett. Her career was starting starting to become something which it wound up never becoming. But she was like one of the up-and-coming stars, like one of the young actresses that were being groomed to be coming up next. Her and Omar Epps. It was a lot of fun. I, I really loved that scene. That's one of the most memorable parts of the movie. I agree, both of you, because, um, you know, it was, it was different. Like you said, there was no prank call. So they did something different in the second one. And then, boom, we get... And it was, it was vicious. I, that, I still... Can't even watch. I still cringe when I watch that knife go through the guy's ear. Well, you don't even see it, uh-huh. but it happened. I was like, oh man. And um, yeah, very brutal opening. And the movie overall, it it's it like it picked up where it left off in screen one. And then we got, you know, the ending, we find out, oh boom. Hey, guess what? It's Billy Loomis's mom. And she was nuts. The one thing I like about her is her eyes popping out of her head. She looks sick. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew she had something to do with it, even when she just came up to Gail Weathers as, oh, she's going to be a reporter. Yeah. I knew it. I seen her face. I'm like, yeah, this woman is nuts. Like, <laughs> she had to do with it. And yeah, I so- kind of like how they, like, pay tribute to uh, Friday the 13th. Like, you know. Oh, yeah. Jason's mother and then, like, Billy's mother, you know. Like, it's kind of like true. a little Friday the 13th reference. That's true. Sure. I, I think that, yeah. I still love the fact that, Omar Epps and, <laughs> and Jada Pinkett got killed in that movie because Omar Epps was a cheapskate. She wanted to go see the Sandra Bullock movie and he went to he went to see Stab because it was free. And that's the reason they got killed. <laughs> the cheap bastard. <laughs> oh geez. Pay for your date. <laughs> Dig that, man. I you got so you know, we got one and two, and then as the franchise moved on, you know, there was some yeah, People talking, they're not too happy about three parts of four. I did enjoy four. Um, and I love I, all the movies. I don't think there's one that, like, I mean, obviously there's, like, some of the movies are better than the other Scream movies. But I think, all in all, I think Scream is a very solid franchise. Yeah, compared to other franchises, I think, you know, it's it's done really well over time. I mean... And then seeing like even a new one when it came out last year, Scream, which would be you know Scream Five, and introducing the new characters, new cast members. I think they delivered that well uh, by still having the le- legacy characters, you know, like David Arquette, Gordon Cox, Nev Campbell, and meshing them. They meshed them well with the newer generation, so to speak. Um, so I did enjoy that too. I mean, people talking about. <laughs> thought that movie was wasn't that great and they were disappointed and i think for me well let me ask you guys what do you uh what do you think of the scream 2022 movie scream 5 if you will all right well let me let me preface this by saying i saw scream 1 and scream 2 
and I hadn't seen Scream 3, I hadn't seen Scream 4. You know, to me, it was like, oh, what else are they going to do? So last year, my sister came back to New York. She was living in Colorado, and she's a horror movie girl. So I told my sister, I said, hey, sis, let's go see the new Scream movie. I had no desire to see it, but she came to town. I said, let's go see the Scream movie. We went to see the Scream movie, and it was decent. I liked it. I, I liked how the characters that I was familiar with, how they were handled in the movie. And uh, it was it was good. It was, it was decent. You know, I watched it once. I was like, yeah, I don't need to watch it again. And then this year comes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know. And that turned everything around. I went back and watched three and four recently. And uh, Scream 5 was decent. It was a good time in theaters, but I didn't love it. And I didn't think it was trash. It, it was just a movie. And I was like, you know, I saw it the one time and I was like, it's, it's good. And, and then six, you I said, you seen, I know you've seen the, the new one quite a few times. Oh, yeah. Yes, six I saw a bunch of times. Six, I saw more times than I'd like to admit <laughs> in the theater. So, but what what did it for you with six then? Why was six like? Why did it stand out that you had to see it more than once? Six, oh, it was a great experience in the theater. Like one of the best things besides the movie being tolerable, I like the experience I have in the movie theater. And this is one of the things I love about the movie theater. I love going to see a horror film in the movie theater. I love the when the audience is into the movie and when twists and turns and like for starters, the the first scene in the movie, Samara Weaving, you know, you know what happens. We'll, yeah. we'll discuss no, that you, when we get to it. I mean, you can get right into it. Why not? Let's go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Samara yeah. Weaving gets killed, you know, and the killer, Ghostface, unmasks. This is like the second scene in the movie. So right away, I was interested. I said, okay, we're seeing who the killer is now. I want to see how this plays out. Like, they're already starting things a little different. So it was interesting. And then, you know, the movie played out. And I just loved the kills. I loved, I loved the action. It, the way the movie was laid out just worked for me. And there were a lot of scenes that are definitive scenes to me that are going to stick in my mind. Like, the first scene. You know, there's a lot of memorable scenes. And I loved the movie. I, I had a great time every time I saw it. I noticed different things each time I watched it. What was your favorite part of the new Scream movie, Scream 6. Being a New Yorker, one of my favorite parts was one of the parts where not too much happened, but it was just the, the suspense and the buildup, and that was the subway car scene. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was cool. Like, like that was something different. They took something different, and they made... It was very tense. It was a high-tension scene. It was it was well done. It's definitely believable in New York City, we know. I mean, we, we've been oh, yeah. yeah. stay on the train almost every day. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And no one would see or care. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just like thing. that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it felt real. I felt like, oh, geez, I'm on the train again. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, what about you, uh, the, the new one? I, I know we kind of were jumping around a little bit here, but it's, it's all good. We're talking a franchise overall. Six, part six, the new one that came out. What's your favorite moment of that movie? Oh, my God, there's so many good ones. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God, so many. I, I feel the same way that, you do. I loved six. When I saw five, I also agree with you. I was like, it's it's pretty good. I was like, but you know, I was like, you know, it was it was a good movie. I didn't like love love it, but yeah. I did 
it because I can never hate a Scream movie. I love all the Scream movies. But yeah, when they started, you know, announcing like Scream 6 and it was going to take place in New York, I was like, oh, wow, like this is different. I was like, okay, like the New York aspect, like, okay, I like it. Um, and then I saw it in theaters and I was blown away. I loved six, like definitely way more than five. I think the New York setting works very well with Scream. I think it works uh, better than Woodsboro because it makes it like scary, like in a realistic way, you know, because, you know, we all know how it is like living in the city, you know, we see crime happen all the time like people get like robbed and like stabbed and like broad daylight yeah. people just yeah. walk walk away and they they don't even notice they don't even like help you know and i think that's you know what made scream six like really terrifying like in a city of millions like no one can hear you scream like that tagline oh it's yeah like, oh so, yeah you know it's so true yeah so right off the bat i loved the new york setting um i I'm very drawn to the new characters. I love the Carpenter sisters. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think um, Sam's character uh, was definitely more interesting this time around. I didn't really care for her that much in Scream 5. Like, I thought she was kind of boring, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But then, um, you know, Scream 6, she was very, very interesting. You know, like, her kind of, like, wanting to, she has that, like, killer blood in her, you know, like, with her being mm -hmm. Billy's daughter. And she wants, she has this urge to, you know, be a killer like him, but at the same time, she wants to do right and she wants to be a good person. And it was very interesting, you know, seeing her with these conflicting feelings. Yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. her like character <clears throat> development was like very interesting. Um, so yeah, I love all the new characters and yeah, Ghostface was brutal in this one. Like, definitely, like, the most brutal we've seen. Um, and he was badass. And, yeah, the tension was just on point. Like, like you said, like, the subway scene was, wow. Like, incredible. Like, not to mention, like, the aesthetic of it. It was very, like, beautifully shot. Like, you know, yeah, all, yes. like... Like just showing like all like the sub like the subway just being on the subway it was very like very well shot aesthetically pleasing um and like the tension like building was perfect and I also love the bodega scene like that oh, was yes <laughs> Ghostface with a shotgun yeah oh yeah Jesus yeah so no awesome. that was that was again that, again I could see that happen in Washington Heights right? oh yeah know? somebody walks yeah. in there with, with a shotgun I'm like oh, okay this guy. And uh, you know, trying to fight the owner, and this guy gets whacked in there, and, and they're running around the bodega. Man, that was, man, it's like a Saturday night in New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Samaritans got it. <laughs> yeah, I love how he like just took it from the guy, you know, and he used the shotgun to his advantage. You know, it wasn't yeah. just typical like buck one twenty kill. It was like he took the shotgun and like you know used it to his advantage. And I was like, wow, like that's like different, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and I was just nervous, you know, at first I was like, everyone was complaining like, oh, like Nev Campbell isn't going to be in it. Like it's going to suck. Yeah, everybody, that was the big thing. It was like, oh, well, there's no Nev. Now this is going to be, ah, oh, it's going to be shit. You know, that's what I said. We'll give it a shot. I think the characters, the new characters hold their, hold their own. You know, I think their storylines are interesting. And honestly, like 
it didn't really affect me that that Nev Campbell like wasn't in the movie and that's like no disrespect towards her like she is like one of the greatest mm-hmm. final girls of all time but I think mm-hmm. that I think the story I think the Scream franchise needed like that update you know it needed a new storyline it needed new characters and it just yeah I just I like the direction that they're going now very so, well I, I, I'm sorry I see Marissa's wearing the Scream shirt I guess yeah. after hearing her say that, she has yeah, a core that's... four shirt that she's going to put on later. <laughs> the core the four. four. <laughs> yeah, man. Core four, baby. Core four. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, I, that, that's cool how they how they put that uh, to get, like, the, the team, the unity in, in a way. It, it almost reminded me, dare I say, the Dream Warriors. You know, and almost like, like, I don't know, not, you know what I mean? Not definitely not. I can see that. Just that camaraderie reminded me of like dream warriors. And, um, that, that is what I really enjoyed about this, this part, man, uh, that and the characters and Sam's, you know, fight with herself, good versus evil, you know, and you seen it, man. And you felt it, you felt it when she looked at that mask at the end of the movie, and then she just, just dropped it, put it down. But it's like, all right, well, let's see what's going to happen in seven. And we'll get to our predictions in a minute. But, you know, part six really helped this franchise so much because, you know, looking at obviously one and two, you can't touch them. And then it goes to three. It gets a little weird. People are like, eh, you know, four, we start seeing some new faces. But it was just like it was four was a crazy ending, by the way, uh, which, yeah. you know, we didn't really talk about. But that that hospital scene was nuts. You know, I, I personally I, love Scream Four. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's one of those like Scream Four is either either you absolutely love it, or you can live without it. That's what I feel like. You know, from a lot of people that I, I spoke with about it. But you know, when we got Scream Five in 2022 last year, I didn't know what to think. I'm like, well, it's great that we have these legacy characters coming back. I want to see what they're doing with these new people. And how they, you know, going to bring Ghostface back? I was, I was highly upset that David Arquette died, Officer Dewey. I was, and and the fact that, you know, come on, we're talking about, uh, still upsets me. And you know, a, a woman now, no, no disrespect to women, but you know, of her stature, can gut him like that. I mean, it just wasn't believable for me, and I was upset that he passed. And I think that's why, that's why I was bitter. So I didn't like yeah. him, but um. But you know what? It, it was what it was. And then we got to see these characters in six, like you said, the development um, with Sam and then even the others just, they're starting to grow on me. You know, oh, is it Randy's niece? I forgot her name. Mindy. Uh, Mindy. 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 Yeah. yeah. She's no Mindy and Chad. <laughs> yeah. Mindy and Chad. There it is. They're starting to grow on um, me, these characters. And um, she is so- perfect. Is she is, she is. Like this generation's Randy, and I love it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and I love the fact that she gives those same speeches like Randy did, you know, about the movies, and she's that she's the movie buff. And uh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, her part, her role in this film. I didn't enjoy the killers though. In six, I wasn't really too happy. I knew that boy, that weird <laughs> son of a bitch. He was definitely a killer. Yeah, he was all. I'm like, yeah, something about that guy. Okay, he looked like Columbine. Straight up. I'm like, this guy's yeah. close something up. So yeah. 
That, so I got that impression. But did, was, were the killers predictable in part six for you guys? Uh, I knew that Ghostface probably had some kind of like cop, like military background. Just like by the way he moved, you know, I don't know. He seemed like too skilled, like especially in the bodega scene when like the guy like shot him and he like dodged it. He knew like where to go. Like he knew how to dodge that bullet. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like he's like a cop or something, like some kind of. <laughs> so I actually did like guess the cop. I had like my suspicion about like the cop, and but the other two I was I was wrong about. I thought it was going to be the cop and Kirby. I thought it was going to be those two. I thought it was Columbine. I thought it was him, and I also <laughs> who I really thought it was. I really thought it was what's his name? Uh, the kid, Danny. The guy that they were calling Q. Oh, yes. They, that's who I thought, too. I thought it was that nutshell. was that bastard, bro. He, they really messed me up. It wasn't him, you know? But I, I really thought it was him. I but you can tell, man, that guy looks... If, if we seen Danny on the street, we're like, this guy's shady. Something's up with him. Bro, I'm <laughs> snatching this guy into an alleyway. <laughs> like, get this guy off the street, you know? Yeah, no, there, there's some vigilante justice going on there. <laughs> These guys. But, yeah, I mean, both... Um, that was a great point, though, Marissa, too, that the way he was moving. You know, yeah. I didn't see that. I didn't see that when I watched the movie. Yeah, but I caught that. If I would have caught it, now I would have said, okay, it had to be like the cop, you know? This was, was not clumsy at all in this movie. He didn't fall, which yeah. is very surprising. Ghostface always falls, and he was not clumsy in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so they, and then, and you know, obviously it was a family affair, and uh, you know, they, they were showing, like, the shrine of all the, the, the previous killers and uh, memorabilia from previous screen movies in, at the end of it. And I don't know. I, the ending could have been – the ending showdown, I should say, could have been better. And uh, and the killer – the killers, you know, could have been better, too. I, I would have liked to seen see Kirby as uh, the killer. And I would have – well, <laughs> I would have loved to see Stu – Come back, okay? Oh, then, no. <laughs> I know. I'm going to get on my rant now because, you know what? Stu is not dead. I don't believe he's dead, okay? And as a matter of fact, now that we're talking about it, part seven, if you're listening, Kev, listen up, buddy. I got something. I got gold for you right here. Here it is. Sam, she's in that struggle. She's in the battle. She's looking at the mask, and she can't help it. It's in her blood. It's in her blood. She's a killer. <laughs> She's a killer. She is Ghostface, but she can't do it alone. She needs the help of Stu Mocker, okay? Stu is back, and what a better, I mean, come on, what better kills? We're talking Stu and his old buddy Billy's daughter, okay? They're back at it, Uncle and they finally, finally kill Nev Campbell at the end. That's, that's what I want to see. It would be a cool twist. What, Robin? It would be a cool twist, I'll give you that. Yeah, they, they finally get rid of Neb, and then Stu's like the happiest man alive. But then, you know, who saves the day? You know, Sam's sister. I keep, I'm bad with names. Oh, guys, please help me. Tara. Tara. So, yeah, <laughs> then Tara saves the day, and all is well. And, uh, and wherever they're going to be at, New York, Woodsboro, wherever it is. But right there, and it has to be Woodsboro, I think, because, like, Stu's back. I mean, we, we got to, I mean, it's got to be a scream. Come on. All these years he's waited. And can we can we just please talk about Courtney Cox and, and the other character that nobody discussed in the movie, her lips, because they were a, a separate character. What? Oh, man, Courtney, yeah, too much surgery. 
Yeah, I screamed when I saw her in Scream 5. <laughs> her face doesn't move, bro. It was, it's crazy. It's Aww. really hard to look at. There's no expression. She's like, oh, I got to kill him. I'm like, it, it, like, she, it doesn't, but, but, the, but the lips are like, man, those things, the Botox that she got, like her lips are her own character. It's just insane. Oh. It's pretty she, bad. She's like, she's like the Michael, the Michael Myers mask with lips, bro. It's, it's ridiculous. Oh. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, I can't. Botox. Yeah, Courtney Botox. Oh. That's good. That was oh. good. Oh, she's got, if she ever heals this, she's like, you son of a bitch. Yo, but listen, I'm telling you, it was a bad idea. Courtney, please just get him undone if you can. You know, we love you. You're a great yeah. actress. We loved you in Friends, but please, okay? They're Fix the more lips. I'd rather have the bangs back. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Jesus and, Christ. But and, and, and the thing is this, Courtney Cox is a good-looking woman. <laughs> she she messed herself up. Was. Was it going? <laughs> what, was. I stand corrected. Yeah. So, I mean, oh, God. But, you know, to wrap, I guess, that part up with Scream 6, uh, it was very well done. Very well done. Um, I was unhappy about some some parts of the movie, but you know, again, it's subjective. Entertainment, I say this all the time, it's subjective. Um, I did I did think that it was better than most of the other sequels. And in my book, after watching it a couple times, for me, it it, it had to be scream one, two, and six. I, I was putting six initially right after one. When I first watched, I'm like, this movie's great. Mm-hmm. But then Really watching again. I think the ending could have been better. So I think because of the ending of two, I would put one, two, and six. Uh, what do you? What What's your order of screen films? Uh, start, Marissa. What What's your first to last favorite? Oh, um, okay. Here's mine. Um, obviously the first scream, like because it's a ten out of ten. Like nothing can. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, so it's the first scream, and then. I'm going to get crucified, but I love Scream 4. I'm in the minority, so I love Scream 4, so I'm going to put that second. Then Scream 6. Uh, Then, ooh, this is tough. Uh, Maybe Scream 5 and then Scream 3. Okay. Yeah, that that's usually every, like, 3 is always, like, the last. Wait, hold on. I might, wait, did I mess Where's up the Hold on. Because I missed two. Hold on. Let me start over. Okay. Okay, Start over. (laughs) Here it is. Okay. No, this is so hard. I can't rank it. Okay. Uh, The first screen, screen four. uh, I would probably put screen two before screen six. Uh, So screen one, screen four, screen two, six, and then five, and then three. Okay. Okay. All right, Swift. I missed two the first time. How did I do that? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Billy Loomis, how can you forget her in the eyes? And her motive is just good old-fashioned revenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Mickey's motive was 290s. That's what she says. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Right. What's your order, Swift? What do you got? All right. Uh, Scream 1, definitely. It's the top of the list. Um, as much as I would like to put Scream 6 as number two, I have to go with Scream 2. 
then Scream 6 because there were a lot of inconsistencies, unforgivable inconsistencies. As much as I love Scream 6, there's a bunch of stuff that happened in there that I wasn't too happy with. Like, you know, where's the script supervisor here? Like, things have to be consistent. Continuity is everything. Like, uh, <clears throat> at the end of the film, you know, you got Tara. Tara got stabbed up. Yeah. And she's walking around like she, like she got a paper cut. You know? <laughs> That's true, yeah. You know, like, she got, when when she fell off the balcony and landed on top of Columbine, you know, he <laughs> stabbed her. You know, he, he stabbed her on, on the way down. And she, I think she did something to him, too. But she's not going to just walk away like nothing happened. Like, like oh, you know, I, I just got a little splinter in my finger. I mean, splinters in your finger hurt. But, <laughs> you know, continuity is king. Or That's queen, an- whatever you want to say. Yeah, that's one of the issues I had with that movie too. And then with Chad, yeah. Chad should have died. Oh, like, they just cheesed him. Oh, he got yeah. so. Yeah. He's, the new, yeah. he's, he's the new uh, Dewey. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. After six, I would have to say, let me see, Scream. All right. Scream, Scream 2, Scream 6. Then I would have to say Scream 5. And then 3 and 4, I don't care about either one of them. They could stay in the back, you know. <laughs> <laughs> So Sorry, it's okay. It's okay. I don't. I don't freak out over people's opinion. I'm not one of those like horror snobs. <laughs> yeah, just coming back. What do you mean? Four is great. You know, just, yeah. you know like somebody on social media. Oh God, it happens all the time in the other franchise. <laughs> like Halloween franchise people, they're nuts. Halloween Friday Thirteenth, they they'll get yeah. it. Probably crazy. Yeah. One two six five four three for me. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's how it would yeah. be. Um, you know, I, I think just overall, like the franchise and, and where they can take this, uh, after seeing what they did with six, it looks promising. You know, a lot of people say, well, stop making it, stop making it. But you know what? They're going to look back on this 20 years from now and they, they're going to have a new slasher killer franchise to love. This, this franchise is, I feel, is going to grow just tremendously over time. It's going to age well. And, you know, yeah. look, like, look at Friday the 13th. It, it was all of those movies, or well, most of them, were made in the 80s. And we're talking, like, 30 to 40 years ago. And people still are talking about this like it was yesterday. You know, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. Well, Halloween, you know, we had some other you know, recent movies that kept the franchise rolling. They weren't the greatest, I'll tell you that much. Halloween ends. <laughs> right, so that's a whole other... We, we whole won't other, talk about- I'll talk about that. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's not talk about that, okay? Because evil rides tonight. But anyway. Uh, evil <laughs> rides tonight in the grinder. <laughs> you mess with Mike, you go in the grinder. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that movie, Good Burger. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a comedy more than anything, I felt, um, and a drama. But anyway, that's Halloween. We're not talking that. We're talking Scream. This franchise is going to be, I think, everyone's favorite horror franchise, dare I say that, in 20, 30 years from now. You know, they're still obviously going to remember the, the Friday 13th and the, you know, Freddy Krueger, the Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, but, you know, this is something that they can really build on. There's a younger generation. Uh, they they can continue the story from the roots, but they can add new things to it. Uh, killing off the legacy characters, I think, needs to happen. I think, you know, we have only two left, really. It's, it's Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox. Um, I mean, maybe, maybe let Nev live because I really don't want to see Courtney and her lips in another film. Um, 
but <laughs> really, uh, but you know, I I, I just yeah, think so much potential. Yeah, Sydney's storylines like over. I don't think they're gonna do anything else with her. Do you think? Ah, uh, you know, she's she's protecting her kids. I think she's fooled in the next one. I mean, think about it like this. Now you can always have her kids that are gonna hold down the legacy if they want to continue making movies. You know, yeah. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So they they, they can keep. They can keep writing and keep producing, but as long as it's uh, quality, man, we don't want to see stuff like Halloween ends just to have another movie. That was, yeah. you know, I don't want to see that in, in the Scream franchise. Um, I, but I, I, like I said earlier, though, this whole franchise impacted the horror genre in such a tremendous way because it was different and we needed this and it, it just gave us new life. It gave this the whole genre new life in the 90s and Swift. I want you to talk about this because, you know, you sent me some, you made a good point, all fair. And it was about how, like, even just the movie covers, like, affected other horror movies that were released after it. Talk oh, about that. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah the, the first screen movie, if you guys remember the movie poster on the marquee, it was pretty much, if I remember correctly, it was pretty much a black background with the faces of Drew Barrymore, Nev Campbell, Skeet Ulrich, uh, Matthew Lillard, and maybe one other person with, with light shining real bright on their faces. It was pretty much focusing on their faces. I guess it was very influential because for the next few years, a lot of horror movies, and not only horror movies, but a lot of sci-fi movies. I know what you did last summer, and yeah. I still know what you did last summer. They had that look, but they were pretty much the same genre. You had Urban Legend and then Urban Legend's Final Cut. They also had that look. You had that movie, The Faculty. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Also had that look, the movie poster. The Skulls 3, if you remember that, those movies, The Skulls. They had that look. There was a movie called Soul Survivors with Casey Affleck. That movie had the same look. A movie called Phantoms. <laughs> It's a Dean, it's based on the Dean Koontz novel with and Ben Affleck played in there. You had Lee Shriver playing in there and Rose McGowan also played there. Oh wow. Yeah, the same look. And Halloween H2O. Oh. <laughs> LL Cool J, Jamie Lee Curtis. True, they're all on the cover. Uh, H2O gives off screen vibes for sure. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Michelle Williams. Like when you look at the posters of these films you see the influence that Scream had on them. There was another movie that wasn't even in the same genre. I think it was, uh, oh, Jackie Brown. Jackie Brown is like a, a 90s black exploitation. It's with Pam Greer, Samuel Jackson. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie. Okay. But it's like a love letter to the, the black exploitation movies of the 70s, I believe. I never watched it. But I remember everybody talking about it. Oh, Jackie Brown is, is Quentin Tarantino's best film. But the movie poster for that also had that look. Yeah. It's crazy how how much it, it impacted, you know, I guess not only the horror genre, but everywhere else, too. And uh, I think after this, too, after the first screen, people making those prank calls. I used to do it. I used to call it, what's your favorite horror movie? You know? And then <laughs> joke around, I'm going to cut you like a fish, you know, something like that. So I would set up Ghostface. And, you know, it got me in trouble a couple times, but, you know, still... <laughs> It just was, it was fun to do the voice. It was fun to do the pranks. And, you know, like you said, just, uh, it took. Yeah. It took Even the, Roger, Roger Jackson's voice alone is just iconic. 
you know. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you oh, one, yeah. I never left uh, the, the popcorn on the stove after this movie. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I was like, oh man, I'm gonna burn the house down. I, you know, like I thought about that too. And you remember those popcorns, like the the Jiffy Pop, I think it was. So I yeah. still have some. You still, <laughs> I still got some. Yeah, yeah I still man. have some. You know, it's, it's not like the old the old days. You know, what I'm saying before social media. Oh, yeah. That's another thing, because like the first three screen movies came out before really social media was big. The the fourth one was 2011, and you know we had everything. We had Facebook and all that. You know, and then yeah. obviously comes out now. But you know, there's something about that feel. You know, those horror movies pre social media. You know, explosion because there was no spoilers. You know, you had to you had to just watch it. You know, and you had yeah. to you had to read it, read about it somewhere. You know, so newspapers or whatever it was, but it, it yeah. was different. It was different times, and I think nowadays too, social media really plays a, a role in you know not only promotion for movies, which it's a blessing in that aspect, but it's also a curse because now you have people mm-hmm. that see it before it actually comes out in theaters. They have the spoilers. They have the and it's like, oh, okay, it kills yeah. the whole... It kills the whole experience, and the experience is just so important for these movies. Movies in the theater, it's an experience, and it affects how you consume these movies and how it lasts in your psyche. Yeah, and I think they blended, like, the comedy and horror together very well. Like, one didn't overpower the other. It was, like, both scary and funny, and it was just very well done. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do the kids say nowadays? That part. That part right there. Yeah, no, seriously. 100%. Yeah. That was, uh, it, it just meshed well. It just, it was perfect. It wasn't overbearing. Uh, like, your know, Freddie was overbearing. It was, it was too much. It was like, all right. Really? <laughs> like, that's, yeah, that's- it started becoming like a caricature after a while. I was yeah. just like, the prime time line, I love it, but like, there were some lines I was like, Come on, man. That's just cheesy. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Scream definitely delivered it well um, and had, and subtly too sometimes yeah, with, with the comedy. Oh, and yeah. And um, I love that concept, though. Like, Marissa, you brought it up earlier, that movie inside of a movie. And they were yeah. doing that. Remember, I think it was part four, right? In the beginning, they were doing that over and over. It was like you thought it was the opening, but it wasn't. You thought it was the yeah. opening, yeah. but it wasn't. Yeah. Like the stab yeah. openings, like the first like three openings were like the stab movies. Yeah, yeah. Five was like the actual scream opening. Yeah, yeah. That so, that annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, said that annoyed me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is this is this is this really it? Is this the opening? Sure, can't push me by the second, by the third time. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, that annoyed me. It, it really did. It annoyed me. It felt like I was watching Freddy. <laughs> oh, come on. No, you get getting my man Kruger. Come on, Kruger's not that bad. You know, I guess overall, you know, the one other point I wanted to touch on was, again, going back to the dark side, if you will, uh, how it affected the world in a negative way because now kids or the younger generation, they would start to mimic what they've seen in this movie in real life. And it was some sick individuals. Um, this, another article that I was uh, reading up here, uh, Swift, thank you for bringing this one out too. Um, there were... Mm-hmm. There's two 16-year-old murderers um, who got their inspiration from Scream. Um, Tori Adamsick, I think, and Brian Draper, uh, dubbed as the Scream killers. Yeah, they killed um, Casey Joe Stoddard. 
I was saying it's a brutal killing. Uh, I don't, I'm not even gonna read the whole article here, but the fact that, you know, these kids were just so enamored by screaming the franchise that they were like, well, we're going to do this. We're going to be famous. We're going to film it. Like that's how much of an impact, you know, this film had, you know, like, and, and that's in a negative way, you know, but it just, it's so, it's crazy how a movie can do that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and it's like, you know, they say they, they want to blame a lot of times, you know, law enforcement and higher you know officials. They want to blame movies and music. You know, obviously, there's an underlying condition to these people. They have a mental illness. This is not yes. the movie's fault. You know what I'm saying? People that have are stable. No, it's just the movie. And not to not to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go out and kill somebody today. Uh, this is this is a great plot. I love this film. Let me try to reenact that and do them, do, you know, do them up, you know, up the, up the ante. No, man. Cosplaying taken too seriously. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and oh, there yeah. are some people in this community, in the horror community, I got to say, they're a few French fries short of a Happy Meal. They're not, they're not all there. And, you know, I'm not trying to, I'm not insulting nobody. I just want to make that clear. Uh, mental illness is a serious thing. Um, and yeah. I know. People nowadays, they downplay it, but, you know, you got to be cognizant of of these individuals out here and you got to take the signs. If you start seeing something or somebody acting funny, you know, you have to say something or do something about it. That's how I feel, Swift. I know you feel the same way about that. Um, yeah. Try, try to get them help, man. Try to get them yeah. the help they need. People are mentally disturbed. Um they had these ideas before seeing the movie. They just, the movie, they chose to say the movie inspired us to do it. It's very sad. I, I'm sorry for the victims. I'm sorry for the killers themselves because it's really sad. They needed help. They weren't given help. They weren't, no one, you know, related to them thought, listen, let's try to help. Uh, what was name? Draper and, and the other one. You know, a lot of times, you know, it's on the family too. Like, you have to get your family members help and not just say, oh, we're going to complain about something after the fact. Like, we need, we need to take care of the people we love and take care of the people, you know, and help the people we love. We do, we really do. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I agree, man, because a lot of times it gets overlooked or people don't pay attention their own close friends or family. And then we see them on the news, either committing suicide or killing somebody. And it's, um, and it's sad, you know, but I just yeah. want to make this point that, um, yeah, scream has obviously influenced, you know, us positive, you know, positively and also negatively, I guess, if you look at it overall in the world, but the film itself is not to blame for anything like that. We've seen on the news. I mean, I don't like to hear, the one thing I don't like, you know, it's a genre, horror genre. It's it's a movie, you know, uh, it's not to be taken to that level, you know, and it gives us as fans and people that love this genre a bad name because now people look at us like, oh, well, these guys are glorifying killing and they're Satan worshipers or whatever. There's some yeah. crazy people that think this. I mean, it's not the case. We just love this genre. It's we love to be scared. We love to have that terrifying feeling. We love the just uh, aesthetics, the themes, the, you know, we love it all. And the this is right of it. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. And, 
you know, that's why, why do you think we do this at Horror 365? Because we celebrate Horror 365. We love the genre. We're not stone cold killers. Okay. No. Uh, you know, we're not nut jobs, at least maybe, well, maybe I am a little bit, but, you know, I got it under control. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was about to say, I don't know about that, Jimmy. <laughs> we're all a little weird. Yeah. See, we all go a little mad sometimes. I was yeah. just about yeah. to say that. <laughs> you got it. No, but you know what? It's just, I, I want to make this point clear because, you know, I know there's somebody going to be watching it out there, somebody down the line 20 years from now, like, this is why there's people killing people out there. No, it's not. It's not. It's the reason why people are killing people is because they have a mental illness that needs to be treated. Bottom line. Um, yeah. They just get inspired by, yes. Yes. you know, films like this. So it's like, don't blame the, yeah. the movie industry. Okay. Don't blame the music industry. Like for people saying hip hop songs. <laughs> no, listen, this is music. It's just a form of art, just like movies. And this is them expressing themselves. This is, Kevin Williamson writing this and creating something special here. And then Wes Craven uh, being a part of that. I mean, Wes is one of the best to do it of all time. Okay. Uh, with Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, you know, obviously with, with Scream, those two franchises, um, it's just, it's content. It's content. It's entertainment. Just remember what it is. Uh, love it for what, what it is, you know, yeah. don't take it to that level. That's really yeah. what I had to say about that. But, you know, switching gears, segueing off of that before we wrap it up. Uh, overall, you know, is there anything else that you guys want to throw out for the Scream franchise? Because I know, you know, I don't want to make this too long because we could, we could talk for hours about, you know, about this franchise. There's so many things to talk about. But um, is there any other details, maybe important details or things that you love about this franchise that you want to throw out there, whoever wants to jump in. After you, Marissa. Oh no, you first. You first. Oh no, no, oh, I okay. insist. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Scream. I'm happy that it rejuvenated the slasher film. I'm happy that it brought a new generation of fans into the slasher genre. You know, because it really did. It even had a spin-off TV series. Scream for a little bit. After the Scream movie came out, I remember every Halloween, you see people with the Scream mask. No no costume, but it's just people walking around with, this, the, with the ghost face mask. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was very influential, and uh, I treasure that movie. I treasure the franchise. I treasure the way it makes me feel. And going back to something you said, Jimmy. I want all you people listening. I know we were talking about the real dark things connected with this movie. Don't feel ashamed because you enjoy this genre. You know, these are things that happen that are beyond anyone's control. And human beings, we love being scared. We love the thrills and the chills. It's why we go on the biggest, tallest, fastest roller coasters. It's why back in the days, we were around the campfires telling scary stories. We love the thrills and chills. And... It's entertainment. It's a form of entertainment. It's it's fun. It's fun to be scared. It's fun if you're on a date, you know, a scary part comes on and your date, you know, just pulls close to you and, and grabs you and, you know, you're scared together. And, you know, it's, it's a great thing. It's nothing wrong to be a fan of this genre. I pretty much agree with everything you said. I think it was very influential. I think it revolutionized horror again, like when horror was dead in the 90s, like horror and like the slasher drama was just like dead. And uh, 
Scream just it it brought it back to life again. And it kind of did like what Halloween did in like, you know, the late seventies. Like because every movie after that, like all the slasher films, it, it they were inspired by like Halloween and like Michael Myers. So I feel like what Halloween did, Scream did in the 90s. It kind of brought like the slasher genre back. Um, I love the co- the comedic elements mixed in with the horror. It is genius. I love the movie within a movie. I think like Ghostface it him like hit itself like the look and like you know roger jackson's voice and everything i just think it's so he's so iconic and ghostface is definitely like up there as like one of the greats in my opinion and i think yeah just like his look and like roger jackson's voice and like the who done it like you don't know who ghostface is like ghostface can be anybody and that's like what makes you know scream so scary and obviously, like, Nev, Sydney, Prescott, she is a badass final girl. Like, one of my favorite final girl of all time. So, yeah, everything about Scream, it is amazing. And it's my favorite uh, horror franchise, for sure. Yeah, I got to tell you guys, both good points. Um, I, there's nothing more, really, I can add to that because you guys touched on everything that I love as well and you know i just want to i guess i'll say the ghost face character has grown tremendously you know it's it's so simple though it's just so goddamn simple you know the mask and boom here it is black black outfit ghost face mask done there's no real detail like there was for like jason Voorhees. you know he keeps all you know he's drowning in a lake and he's all you know messed up or whatever and freddy krueger the makeup and everything and pinhead there's nothing like that you know not the candy man with the bees this is just the ghost face and but it's so crazy how simple works just keep it simple stupid that's what they say right uh, so yeah. and, and they did keep here simple stupid. and they did <laughs> and i had i think over time like it's again this is this is a franchise we're going to see grow and age very well and um, as long as they keep it up, and the formula is just it works every time. The who done it formula, it's just you're, you're guessing, you know, you know what you're expecting, right, going into it, and then they always get you off guard with something new, and you just never know yeah. who it is. You try to guess and play that, and it's a it's a cool game. You're playing a game, literally. We're gonna play a game when we're watching a movie. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> that's exactly yeah, what, that's exactly what it is. Swift and Marissa. Who's the killer? Where am I in the house? No, no, exactly. You know, like we're yeah. here. <laughs> we're, that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, and like you said, Swift, that experience. That's part about watching those movies. That's like the best part, like the Who Done It. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the experience of watching these movies. That's what it's about. But uh, I hope that this episode was uh, entertaining, and informative for everybody that's listening out there. Um, I think uh, you guys did a tremendous job. Thank you all for, for coming on the show, talking Scream. Uh, and we're sorry if we offended anybody with the dark stuff that we said over here. Uh, but we're keeping it real. Horror 365. Um, yeah. So, you know, I appreciate you guys taking the time. Swift, first time, man. First time on Woo! the show. You pop your show, Cherry, buddy. And you did first amazing. Time's a time. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. and, and my man is just like, honestly, Swift, doing this on vacation 
from from a hotel room. I just can't give you enough props for that, man. You didn't have to do it. Like you really didn't. You you took the time out. I appreciate that very much. And uh, Marissa, really, as always, always enjoy you on the show. And, Aww. Uh, yeah, of course. And that shirt is awesome. I love that shirt. That scream shirt. Oh, thank you. I had to wear a shirt. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. I mean, somebody did. I mean, Jesus. I know Swift was gonna. He forgot. I know you had the you had the mask. You had the ghost face. Yeah, come on. I had I had the whole outfit. I was gonna. I, I forgot it. Oh man, I would have oh, loved man. that. <laughs> oh yeah. This is a movie that again that I can I can talk some blue in the face, red in the face. I always get red in the face. I get worked up when I think about this. And I think about horror because I love it, and we celebrate it, baby. Three sixty five. Once again, horror heads. If you haven't done so, please click that link below, subscribe, and let. And just the question of the week is. What's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> Come on, answer that. Comment below what's your favorite scary movie. And if it ain't Scream, one, two, three, four, five, or six, or maybe even seven that's coming out, let's see if you make it till next week. And until next time, thank you for tuning in, and thank you for celebrating horror, not only in October, baby. It's not a, it's not a genre. It's a lifestyle. Thank you for celebrating 365. We're going to see you next week. <laughs>